Letter twenty two of Evelina. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. Evelina by Fanny Burney. Letter twenty two. Evelina in continuation. Monday morning, April eighteenth. Mrs. Mervyn has just communicated to me an anecdote concerning Lord Orville, which has much surprised, half pleased, and half pained me. While they were sitting together during the opera, he told her that he had been greatly concerned at the impertinence which the young lady under her protection had suffered from Mr. Lovell, but that he had the pleasure of assuring her, she had no future disturbance to apprehend from him. Mrs. Mervyn, with great eagerness, begged he would explain himself and said she hoped he had not thought so insignificant an affair worthy his serious attention. "'There is nothing,' answered he, "'which requires more immediate notice than impertinence, for it ever encroaches when it is tolerated.' He then added, that he believed he ought to apologise for the liberty he had taken in interfering, but that, as he regarded himself in the light of a party concerned, from having had the honour of dancing with Miss Anville, he could not possibly reconcile to himself a patient neutrality. He then proceeded to tell her, that he had waited upon Mr. Lovell the morning after the play, that the visit had proved an amicable one, but the particulars were neither entertaining nor necessary. He only assured her, Miss Anville might be perfectly easy, since Mr. Lovell had engaged his honour never more to mention, or even to hint at what had passed at Mrs. Stanley's assembly. Mrs. Mervyn expressed her satisfaction at this conclusion, and thanked him for his polite attention to her young friend. "'It would be needless,' said he, "'to request that this affair may never transpire, since Mrs. Mervyn cannot but see the necessity of keeping it inviolably secret. But I thought it incumbent upon me as the young lady is under your protection, to assure both you and her of Mr. Lovell's future respect. Had I known of this visit previous to Lord Orville's making it, what dreadful uneasiness would it have cost me! Yet that he should so much interest himself in securing me from offence, gives me, I must own, an internal pleasure, greater than I can express, for I feared he had too contemptuous an opinion of me, to take any trouble upon my account though, after all, this interference might rather be to satisfy his own delicacy, than from thinking well of me. But how cool, how quiet is true courage! Who, from seeing Lord Orville at the play, would have imagined his resentment would have hazarded his life? Yet his displeasure was evident, though his real bravery and his politeness equally guarded him from entering into any discussion in our presence. Madame Duval, as I expected, was most terribly angry yesterday. She scolded me, for, I believe, two hours, on account of having left her, and protested she had been so much surprised at my going, without giving her time to answer, that she hardly knew whether she was awake or asleep. But she assured me that if I ever did so again, she would never more take me into public. And she expressed an equal degree of displeasure against Sir Clement, because he had not even spoken to her, and because he was always of the captain's side in an argument. The captain, as bound in honour, warmly defended him, and then followed a dispute in the usual style. After dinner, Mrs. Mervyn introduced the subject of our leaving London. Madame Duval said she would stay a month or two longer. The captain told her she was welcome, but that he and his family should go into the country on Tuesday morning. 
a most disagreeable scene followed. Madame Duval insisted upon keeping me with her, but Mrs. Mervyn said, that as I was actually engaged on a visit to Lady Howard, who had only consented to my leaving her for a few days, she could not think of returning without me. Perhaps if the captain had not interfered, the good breeding and mildness of Mrs. Mervyn might have had some effect upon Madame Duval. But he passes no opportunity of provoking her, and therefore made so many gross and rude speeches, all of which she retorted, that, in conclusion, she vowed she would sooner go to law in right of her relationship, than that I should be taken away from her. I heard this account from Mrs. Mervyn, who was so kindly considerate as to give me a pretence for quitting the room, as soon as this dispute began, lest Madame Duval should prefer to me, and insist on my obedience. The final result of the conversation was, that to soften matters for the present, Madame Duval should make one in the party to Howard Grove, whither we are positively to go next Wednesday. And though we are none of us satisfied with this plan, we know not how to form a better. Mrs. Mervyn is now writing to Lady Howard, to excuse bringing this unexpected guest, and prevent the disagreeable surprise which must otherwise attend her reception. This dear lady seems eternally studying my happiness and advantage. To-night we go to the Pantheon, which is the last diversion we shall partake of in London, for to-morrow. This moment, my dearest sir, I have received your kind letter. If you thought us too dissipated the first week, I almost fear to know what you will think of us this second. However, the Pantheon this evening will probably be the last public place which I shall ever see. The assurance of your support and protection in regard to Madame Duval, though what I never doubted, excites my utmost gratitude. How, indeed, cherished under your roof, the happy object of your constant indulgence, how could I have borne to become the slave of her tyrannical humours? Pardon me that I speak so hardly of her. But whenever the idea of passing my days with her occurs to me, the comparison which naturally follows, takes from me all that forbearance which, I believe, I owe her. You are already displeased with Sir Clement. To be sure, then, his behaviour after the opera will not make his peace with you. Indeed, the more I reflect upon it, the more angry I am. I was entirely in his power, and it was cruel in him to cause me so much terror. Oh, my dearest sir! Were I but worthy the prayers and the wishes you offer for me, the utmost ambition of my heart would be fully satisfied. But I greatly fear you will find me, now that I am out of the reach of your assisting prudence, more weak and imperfect than you could have expected. I have not now time to write another word, for I must immediately hasten to dress for the evening. End of letter twenty-two.